have difficult things ever happened in your life? I'm sure that they are the common experience of us all. As Eliphaz said in Job chapter 5 and verse 7, Man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Difficulties, troubles are very common for us. Perhaps more conscious than usual of this at this time. Perhaps the question therefore should be, how have you lived your life when difficulty has come? In Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and at the 36th verse, we find a woman named Anna. Just 85 words in our English Bible, but words which are so instructive. Let us seek to learn something from this woman, Anna. Firstly, Anna had reason to be sorrowful. As I read these few words and looked back over her life, we see that she had been married. The implication of the text is that she married whilst young, but that after seven years, her husband had died and she was left alone. Grief and loss is very real. You are left alone. I am sure that whether you were old or young, the death of your husband or wife brings great sorrow. Death separates. At the tomb of Lazarus, we read that Jesus wept. We are reminded that difficult things happen in our lives because of the general effects of sin. We live in a fallen world. We are aware that as we grow old, our bodies become weak and frail. But death can come at any age. None of us knows what a day will bring forth. First Peter chapter 1 verse 24 For all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. No matter how old you are we are only here for a short season. This past year has brought home to us how fragile life is. A microscopic virus has wrecked havoc around the world and brought sorrow to many. And this has come on top of the regular stresses and difficulties of everyday life. And this past week... Some of us have been touched by sorrow. 
because someone close to us in one way or another has died. Life is difficult. Life is uncertain. Nana was a woman who had experienced such difficulties and sorrow. But Anna is a woman that we can learn from. For as we look through her life, we see that she had not lived out her days overwhelmed with sorrow. Her life had not been blighted by that experience. For we see, secondly, that Anna was a woman of faith. Verse 37 we read that she served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Worship and service was her focus. How do you react to difficulties? Difficulties are common to us all, but we each respond in different ways. Job's wife gives us a bad example but one we should learn from. Remember that Job and his wife had lost their family. They'd lost their wealth. And then Satan had smitten Job with a terrible skin condition. So his wife said to Job, chapter 2, verse 9, Curse God and die. Job rejected her bitter words and responded with faith, labeling her advice as foolish. Job didn't understand why those horrible things had happened to him, but yet He saw the Lord's purpose behind it. Now, notice how Anna is said in verse 36 to be of great age. The reference here is to 84 years. She was probably 84 years old, although the text may mean that she could have been perhaps 105. However, the fact that she was clearly active suggests to me that the younger age is more likely. Loss had not led to a life of devastating sorrow. Rather, she had turned to the promises of the Lord. She had devoted herself to prayer 
the comment which departed not from the temple either suggests that she was there so often that they had found her a place to sleep. Remember that the priests came up by their course for two weeks of service to the temple from across the land. There were sleeping places at the temple for those priests. So it is possible she slept at the temple or it's possible that she frequented the temple. She came very often spending her days there. She gave a priority to the worship of the Lord. What value do you place on prayer? Are meeting together with the Lord's people for worship? Are you known for your prayerfulness? It is difficult at present with the virus in our midst. Let us, though, keep our focus on prayer and worship, looking forward to the day when we can all assemble together again. Sadly, it's all too easy to be distracted, to lose sight of the promises of the Lord, to have some other focus in life. But Anna, she had a focus on prayer. But what did she pray about? From the text it is clear that she was like Simeon, verse 25, who waited for the consolation of Israel and that there were others she later spoke to who, verse 38, looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. The Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, the religious leaders of the day had lost sight of this hope, but not Anna. I am sure that she devoted herself to prayer, pleading the promises of the coming Redeemer. And she was certainly ready to receive the Redeemer with gladness when she saw him. In Luke chapter 18 and the first verse we read, Jesus spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That parable featured a widow who pleaded for justice before a judge who feared not God nor regarded man. But that widow was heard. Jesus encourages us with this lesson. Luke 18 verse 7 And shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him though he bear 
long with them. I tell you that he will avenge speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. We are encouraged that persevering prayer is heard. Persevering prayer is answered. We're also warned with those great sober words. Shall he find faith on the earth? There was a remnant when Jesus was born. There was a remnant who looked for the coming Redeemer. And this woman, Anna, this woman of great age, this widow, she was waiting. She was ready. She was part of that faithful remnant. We are told that Anna fasted and prayed. In the ceremonial law, there was only one fast commanded. However, it became common to regularly fast. People saw value in fasting. There's a danger of seeing it as a right which earns merit. This is not the case. Fasting is much more about focusing on one thing without distraction. Perhaps of being so overwhelmed with sorrow that you cannot eat. Your focus is on prayer. It is not something to go around telling others about, demonstrating to them how committed you are. Jesus was very clear about this. Matthew chapter 6 and the 16th verse. He told people not to appear unto men to fast, but unto my Father, which is in secret. Anna was devoted to prayer and fasting. Worship was the focus of her life. Her heart cried out to the Lord, trusted him to fulfill his promises. In the church today, we need a reawakened interest in prayer, faithful prayer that looks unto the Lord that claims his promises, asks him to fulfill his purpose, to lift up the name of Christ, that he would be glorified through the salvation 
of lost sinners. Thirdly, I want to draw your attention to the fact that Anna was a thankful witness. Verse 38. And Anna, coming in at in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. These are very brief words. But it was in the Lord's providence that she came when Simeon was holding the child, Jesus, in his arms. Verse 28, And when he was speaking his great words of testimony and prophecy, Simeon had received a revelation from the Holy Spirit and now bore witness that Christ was come. This caused Anna to give thanks unto the Lord. The promises were fulfilled. Her prayers were answered. The Redeemer had been born. Anna and Simeon were part of a small remnant. Most people were ignorant and unconcerned about the birth of Jesus. But what a blessing was theirs. They saw the Lord Jesus Christ as a baby there in Jerusalem. And Anna was thankful. How thankful are we when we think of the coming of Jesus into this world? Does thankfulness come to our lips for his great mercy and grace unto us? Dear friends, let us not be distracted by the difficulties of life. Let us not allow them to obscure our view. God's promises are true. And firm. Let us with Anna be thankful. Anna lived in a time when most certainly of the religious leaders were opposed to God's promises. From Matthew's Gospel we know that the report of Christ's birth reached the religious leaders and that they knew the scriptures but were not interested. They were told that he had been born. They pointed to Bethlehem as the place but failed to go themselves. Herod, Herod the king, He claimed a desire to worship, but his heart 
was really filled with terrible, murderous intent. What about you? When you hear the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son, He who came in great humbleness as a baby, born at Bethlehem. He who came to die on the cross, becoming obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He who came to die and rise in triumph from the tomb. What about you? Do you rejoice when you hear this good news? Are you filled with thankfulness, even as Anna was? Dear friends, let us see how amazing, how wonderful, how earth-shattering it is. Anna gave thanks in the midst of those dark days. Her eye of faith recognized that the promise was fulfilled before her. This was a glorious truth that she could not keep to herself. Perhaps, as John MacArthur suggests, her action in speaking of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem explains the words, explains the words, there was one Anna, a prophetess, She was certainly clear in telling people that Christ had come. This word, redemption, makes clear that she saw the bondage of sin. That there was need for one to pay the price to deliver from that bondage. When Jesus suffered the just for the unjust. He paid the price to set his people free. We look back with confidence, for not only did he die going through that darkness and then having his body sealed in that tomb, but he also rose triumphantly. He is alive. As we read so clearly in Romans 10 verse 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you know this 
amazing, this glorious truth for yourself, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, that though you are deserving of the wages of sin, yet the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. In this world, we can expect difficulties, disappointments, even persecution. But remember that Jesus said we are to be of good cheer. John chapter 16 verse 33 These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world. Jesus won the victory. He is alive. He rose triumphant from that tomb. Anna was a joyful witness for Christ. Is that not why our Lord has left us here? I believe that Anna came through days of sorrow, but fixed her hope on the promises of the coming Redeemer. She was a woman of faith, an example for us all. We know more than she did, for we are blessed with the full account of Christ's life, his death, his burial and resurrection. So it is that no matter how dark the day may seem, no matter the problems in life that come, we know that in Christ we have hope and victory. He is alive. He is coming again, even to receive his own unto himself. Today, he is our advocate with the Father. He is our hope, our certain hope. In him is life. Amen.